Welcome to the Too Inquisitive Podcast. You're too inquisitive. Hey listeners, I have a great podcast lined up for you guys today. It is very informational with a very amazing guest, very knowledgeable. Um, he's been in his industry for a while, but before I introduce him, I just want to talk about a few things going on in the BVI right now. So the government has announced that we're going to be reopening in on December 1st, and now they've announced that the only way to enter will be through the airport on Beef Island. They've also announced that you have to quarantine for four days. And everyone on Facebook seems to be losing their fucking minds over this information. And I, I just don't understand why. I, I get, I definitely understand why locals are upset about having to use the airport versus being able to come in on the ferries and stuff. I completely understand that. Um, it's, it's much more expensive using the airport. The plane tickets are expensive, not to mention the departure tax and stuff. Um, it, it sucks. It's like, you'll probably spend, um, what, $75 max with the ferry round trip. That includes all the tax and stuff, the departure tax and what's not. But um, flying in to Beef Island, round trip tickets from the States, like let's say Miami... Or even, no, we'll just stick to St. Thomas. Doing it from St. Thomas, you can spend like $250. Probably more. It's probably more in the 300 ish range. So I get the frustration there. But why is everyone mad about having to quarantine for four days? Really? You're upset about four days? Yes, I understand there are some places where there's no quarantine at all. All you need is just a negative test. But um, there are other places that have five days quarantine, seven days quarantine, 14 days quarantine. Some even go up to 24 days quarantine. I'm not mad at four days. I'm mad that we're opening December 1st and not September 1st. That's what the fuck I'm mad about. We should have been opened, in my opinion. We should have been opened a long, long time ago. The other thing is, a lot of you guys complaining, are that's all you're doing. You're just complaining. You don't do anything about it. I see people complaining all the time about um, there's no jobs, the pay is being cut, and whatever. And I get the frustration. My job has been affected too. My pay has been cut basically in half. I'm pretty much making minimum wage right now. And it sucks. And every everyone's hurting. Everyone is hurting. I mean, there are some people that are not hurting. The rich seem to be getting richer and the poor seem to be getting poorer. But instead of just sitting at home on Facebook all day, complaining, literally all day, I watched someone literally post from in the morning when they got up to when I was leaving work at 3 in the afternoon. They just posted and posted and posted on Facebook. Instead of posting so much all day, why don't you figure out, put your time and energy into something productive, figure out how to make some money? I get it. You're mad. You're not making any money because of COVID. Everything's shut down. I understand. I'm upset too. I would love for my paycheck to go back to normal. But I don't just sit down and complain all day. I figured out, well, not even that I figured out, but I'm figuring things out on how to make some money otherwise and just depending on my job. I'm, I have bills to pay. Literally, when I write my check for my rent and then I pay my phone and internet bill, my paycheck is completely dead. That's how much my paycheck has been cut. I literally just afford rent and my phone and internet bill. And that is it. I don't have any money for groceries. I have a, well, she's not a newborn anymore. She's almost seven months now. But I have a baby that needs pampers and formula and all that stuff is not cheap. But I make it work. I don't just sit down and do nothing. I go out and I hustle. I'm finding different ways to make money. I have the OnlyFans. I have... My regular business, which isn't making as much money as it used to, but I'm still trying to make money somehow. I have this podcast now. Um, I'm entering competitions. Like, there is stuff you can do. You can go out and fish. Go catch a goat. Plant some stuff. Sell the vegetables. Do something. There's a quote that I saw 
a while ago. I don't know who quote who who made the quote, but um, it said, "Being broke is hard, and making money is hard. Pick a hard." Anyways, enough of my rant. Let's introduce today's guest. Um, he is a good friend of mine for a few years now. Very talented. He is a professional at what he does, and he does it full-time, which I aspire to do. I would love to do this kind of stuff full-time, what I what I love doing rather than the job I have now. Um, this is DJ Wiz. All right, brother, DJ Wiz. Thank you for being the guest on the podcast. Excited to have you on. Awesome. It's always a pleasure being here with you. Cool. Yeah, man. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because, well, we're really good friends and you're a very interesting person to talk to. And I know you have a lot of knowledge and stuff that um, I really want to get into on this episode of the podcast. All right. Awesome. Go right ahead. I'm willing to share. It's an open book somewhat. Some I can't disclose, but yeah. Okay. So first off... uh. Let's talk about how the pandemic has affected you being a DJ. Because obviously, with the lockdowns and the curfews and stuff, being a DJ, your main thing is playing events and stuff. And majority of those events are at night. Main main source, (laughs) yep. Main source of income has been practically depleted. Uh, In terms of events, gatherings, I have had... So many bookings that has been canceled, not postponed, but totally canceled. I had so many events that I was booked for throughout the year in terms of traveling and locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want me to go into reference for some of them. Yeah, sure. I was booked to travel to Antigua. Mm-hmm. I was booked to travel to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. I was booked to travel to Anguilla, New York, and Grenada, among a few of those areas. And unfortunately, the pandemic stopped it all. Um, In terms of local bookings, I did a few events when we were open for a short time. That was like right after the lockdown. I had a... Yes, mm-hmm. I did a few events. I actually had a few bookings for private events like villa parties. Um, I had a pajama event that was booked for, which is which was booked for last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a wedding. I actually actually had two cancellations on the weddings, which were booked for next week. Wow. So it's kind of it's kind of disheartening, and it's kind of hard as an entertainer currently to survive based on the pandemic and what's going on. Cause I mean, most clubs and bars are closed, and the gatherings are reduced to uh, what 20, 20 to fifty people, depends on depending, depending on, on the, the circumstances. Type, yeah, depending on the type of event, I believe. Yes. I, I think like churches and stuff can have like fifty, but then I think fifty r- yes regular events. Social gathering is down to. 20 and 10. Yeah, yes. Yeah, about something like that, yeah. Well, they just announced that um, they're extending the call for you to 8 now. So do you think things might start to pick back up a, a little bit more? Extending it to 8 don't mean that the clubs, bars, and other places that you have social gatherings are open. True. So it's still, it's still be, being that it's extend to 8, doesn't really affect me because at the end of the day, in terms of business, I'm still at home. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. I mean, in terms of pandemic, otherwise, it has actually guided me to another part of doing other avenues of entertainment in terms of streaming and other business sources in terms of creating revenue and income. That's great. At least you're you're finding other stuff to to do and to generate some type of income. Yeah, I know definitely. With, um, you had to survival. With with streaming, I know DJs taking a hit too because streaming on platforms like Facebook and other platforms they hit you with those copyright um hits quick 
the yeah, infringement acts yeah. of course mm-hmm. yeah you're flagged and and deleted and yeah i i've been a victim of of that um i'm actually headed to a platform that is basically how should i say geared towards djs in general and with the copyright infringements there are no Penalties like what you will face with YouTube and Facebook and other platforms such being. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently headed towards Mixcloud. So Mixed my Cloud. fans will be able to fo- follow me or view my streams live on Mixcloud. Uh, my how, how would Mixed they find you? You have like a, a certain account. account yeah, I'm, I'm headed right there to that. Um, yeah. My Mixcloud account is Mixcloud forward slash DJ with VI. I'm actually DJ with VI on all social media platforms. Great. Perfect. So, um, did you ever like look into trying to live stream on Twitch? Twitch Twitch is going to have eventually have its problems such as with Facebook and whatever, because Twitch was actually made for more gaming streaming than yeah. DJ. DJs are actually trying to change the strategy what it was actually created for or geared towards for yeah um not even just djing like they have like stuff like cooking shows and even yes, people hosting definitely. their podcasts and that type of stuff and like, that that eventually will be how should i say control just like how you see facebook has tightened up on on stuff being done by by on those platforms Fair enough. Yeah. So you just you pretty much looking towards gearing for the long run. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to build a target audience or clientele, switching platforms kind of kills that. Cause yeah, it's very hard to get them to follow. Only a few genuine you. ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's only the genuine ones definitely will follow you from platform to platform. Eventually, it becomes annoying. Yeah, it's true. I face that same kind of struggles like with TikTok, like how TikTok was shutting down and getting banned and stuff in the US. Of course. And stuff, of trying course. to get people to follow my, from TikTok to move to my YouTube and stuff. Like, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult for sure. Yeah. It's, ve- it's, it's very, very hard. It takes up. So how should I say? It takes marketing. Yeah. As you said, you switch into Mixcloud. So with Mixcloud yes. and going live, does it offer like the same features that Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook offer you in terms of like can people like tip you and stuff while you're live? And is there a way to generate yes. income directly from it? I think they're actually developing one part which was missing, which would be the way to interact with chats and whatever. But people mm-hmm. will be allowed to tip, or you could you could broadcast or pin. A message on your stream where people could donate or contribute to what you're doing. Also, with Mixcloud, you actually get paid for your content rather than being flagged. So, some of the revenue that you create by doing those streams, you get paid for playing your content. Makes sense. So, like in terms of like how artists would get paid for streams on like exactly. Spotify so, or so stuff. the artists. The artists get paid for their share of the stream and you get paid for using it. So it, be- it benefits both walls then? Both, yes, definitely. So like I said, it's actually geared more for the DJ community other than just streaming regular. That's great, that's great. Awesome. So before the pandemic, obviously you said like because of the pandemic, you had to cancel so much gigs and events and stuff right so that means before the pan- the pandemic business was doing pretty well then definitely yes i can't complain it was was great and i know and you growing. are a dj a dj full-time right full-time dj been that for years how how long like when, when did you really start djing professionally i've been doing i've been a dj for from since I was 18 years old, professionally. Personally, mm-hmm. I've been DJing from the time I was the age of 13. I'm currently making 48. Disclosing the age, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that's about 30 years then. That's about, that's about 35 years to be exact. 
25. Oh, okay. So, before you decided to be a DJ full-time, were you working any uh-huh. jobs or anything? Or did you always, like, uh, straight from 18, you were just I've, a DJ? I, no, I have did a variety of odd jobs. How should I say? I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of a few. But DJing always been my passion. I've been, how should I say, pastry chef. I've been painter. I've been delivery guy. I've been messenger. I've been like in a variety of places. I'm actually mm-hmm. also, uh, I do a bit of tour operations and taxiing. Nice. So yes, I have dabbled in a few things. But music always been my passion and actually always been the main source of income in terms of revenue. Okay, so at what point did you say, or at what point did you know that music is all you really needed to do? Like you could put aside all the rest of the odd jobs. You didn't have to I, rely on anything. I, I, I quit. I, let, let's, say, let's say it this way. I quit. My last odd job in 1997 and took up that's, DJing full-time. That's I two used years to own a, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that I used to own a music store and a clothing store. And I used to do mixtapes and sell CDs and re- vinyls, records. Nice. So, yep. Um, also, I've, I like before that. I like I said, we're doing odd jobs. I still used to do um, like radio. I've been one of the first DJs on Zerad. Uh, okay. Also been I've also been instrumental in and maybe one of the first, if not the first DJ at ZVCR. I also used to manage ZVCR radio station. Okay. So okay, let's get into radio stations and stuff. Um. From my general understanding, uh-huh. radio stations basically make money similar to how TV stations make money, like from advertising. Correct. When you're first starting a radio station, what is the level of difficulty to get people to advertise with your station? Level of difficulty? Uh, actually... Yeah, because uh, you, you just started out, so... Um, how do you how convince I, people to? One, I will say it's based on your demographics in terms of age and audience that you're catering to, and then your content mm-hmm. in terms of what you put out there has to be meeting the need of your target audience. So I would say, what's what what would be the hard thing for, or what was my trials in terms of doing that? I had, it wasn't much because what I was doing when I entered radio, most of the stations were new. And in our area, or I should say in the Virgin Islands, people tend to gravitate towards new mm-hmm. stuff. So they embraced it from the jet go. It was just for me to fulfill the need of what they desired. Understandable. Does, does that answer so your question fully? How, how quick would you s- yeah, pretty much. How quick would you say it, it took to get like that first advertiser? Um, there were actually advertisers from Jump Inception. But in terms of growing clientele, it, it, I would say it became stable after, after the first six to eight months after Inception. I mean, there were advertisers. There were advertisers that came on board immediately, but after people kind of mm-hmm. gained trust in the product, what you were delivering is when they decide, okay, well, I'm going to commit, I go commit, commit to advertising with these people and maybe a long-term process. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically that's it. So, I know you don't do any radio stations anymore. What was... No, I want to say... Mm, I, I still oh, you, do. You, you, which radio stations are you playing for now? You mean locally? Yeah, locally, locally, yeah. I still do... Okay, locally, none. Um, I still do productions and stuff for 
Power WSSQ, which is Sniper Squad Radio. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So big up to my Sniper Squad team. Uh, so and that's based in the Carolinas. Oh, nice! I, I actually didn't know where they, where they were based. But the question I wanted to ask was, um, when? Oh no, not when. Sorry. Did you prefer? Because I could imagine, even though you were on the radio, you were still DJing events and that sort of stuff. Do you prefer playing for playing live? events in person or did you prefer being behind the scenes well not necessarily behind the scenes but i mean like on the radio because you're you're not live i mean you're live but you're not seeing the audience Uh, live all right that's that's an easy answer that's very easy in terms of doing clubs versus radio i would rather the interaction any day i mean for me personally as a dj it's an odd feeling when you don't have a crowd in front of you. I kind of feed off the energy of having people dancing and enjoying what I do. With radio, it's more like a, you have to pretend and envision what you have. So it takes more energy to do radio than to do live crowds. I rather live crowds by far. So basically, like doing a live crowd is more fulfilling in a sense. Of course, of course. It's always a pleasure when my clients are pleased. So, would you say that's one of the reasons why you stopped doing radio locally, or that didn't really play a part in it? There's a there. There are a few personal reasons why I decided to step back from doing it. I mean, in future, maybe I might do it again and go back into it. But for now, I'm taking a back seat. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think on which question I want to ask you f- next because I have a lot of them in my head. Keep them coming. I don't mind. Yeah. So, okay. I know, so obviously, you've been DJing for, like you said, 35 years. So, I know you've played, you've built this big clientele list and you've probably played for a lot of stars or celebrities or big names or rich people like billionaires and stuff? Of course. Could you list a few of your favorite people that you've played for and what it was like when you realized that they were there in the crowd? Um, Actually, how should I say this? I'll say the biggest, or to me personally, was the most fulfilling job in terms of celebrities would be the Obamas, Mm -hmm. which I'm not really supposed to disclose what happened or how the party was, but definitely that was the biggest party personally. Um, Secondly would be, I can't remember the name of the client, but he is rated as the ninth richest person in the world. Nice. I played for a party for him and his his entourage alongside Cool and the gang. Where, the where third was, was one that, would was be that local or that was hosted on Necker Island. Okay. Um, thirdly would be uh, two. I'll give you two more. Third would be the producers and hosts. Or I should say the producers and some of the cast for Marvel movies. I've did a few parties for them. And they are number three. Number four will be John Legend. I won't go into detail further with the other celebrities, but those are just a few. Well, that's actually a very impressive list still. Those are some really big names. I'm pretty sure anyone who listens to this podcast will be able to recognize all those people right away. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've actually personally never been to NECA Island, but I would assume most of those parties you listed were probably at NECA, right? Most, let's see, um, I would say all. All? What? All of those in terms of celebrities, yes. 
Um, oh, uh, in terms of biggest parties, or you just still want to do the celebrities? Oh, biggest I think parties. the most enjo- most enjoyable and biggest party, I, I would say, personally, locally, mm-hmm. would be uh, Foxy's All Years. Oh, I've actually I've done never that. been over that for All Years. I've done that. I've done that for a few years also. And then locally again would be I did the Bomba Shack full moon party before Bomba Shack was not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I did that for like three years consecutively, and there were a few celebrities that came through uh, while doing Bomba Shack. That sounds like great experiences, to be honest. I wish I could sure experience those those things. I know for for all years I'm always at Anigata because a lot of people don't realize it, but. And Yigata has one of the biggest all-years parties in the BVI also. I mean, definitely, definitely. can't compare to Foxy's. Foxy's is, th- is rated third worldwide. Yeah, it is up there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, and the year that I did that, I had the pleasure of having like Oprah in the midst. Um, who else was there that year? Um, I did the year with Magic Johnson. I think there was Michael Jordan there one year. So, yeah. See even more celebrities again, more A-listers that everybody would be able to recognize those names right away. Yep. Okay, so oh, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is one of my favorite parties for the year was canceled because of Corona, and yeah. that is Christmas in Christmas July. Christmas in July. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you would know exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, that that's that's actually one of my favorite events. More, it's more work and not DJ. Mm-hmm. Being that uh, I'm also affiliated with AZP Productions and we do soundstage and lighting, and that was actually mm-hmm. derived from us being DJs. True, yeah. Well, I went to my first Christmas in July last year, uh-huh. and, and af- that's that's uh- after Richie telling me about it. Of course, years. of course. Once you have experienced it once, I think you wouldn't want to miss it another year. That is and very that's true. What, uh, that's, that's just based on my opinion. Uh, I think we've been doing that for what? Five years now, consecutively? Man, they are so much fun. Like, it sure is. It's an awesome party uh, that I would, I would invite anyone to come to. And remember, it's open to the public. You just got to bring your best behavior. Yes. And it's free drinks. I think the only thing you basically had to yes, pay for was the little us. vendors that were selling food. Of course, of course. It's free alcohol. Free, free. It's an adult party, free drinks in terms of it, mostly alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. And you pay for food vendors where if you need food or whatever necessary. And the party is totally worth it. Like, yeah, it's, definite, it's definitely worth it. It's just that it's the one of the only party that you don't have access where you could drive straight to the event. It is hosted on a pro- somewhat semi-private beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, if you're going by foot, you will have to hike the terrain to get there. But once you get there... But that's there, part of the experience, though. That's I'm just going to say. it. Once yeah. you get there, it's worth the, the trot. It definitely is. And the trot isn't like a, a long trot anyways. It's no. L- l- less than a 10-minute walk, for sure. Definitely. So, the difficulty so, level isn't bad. And of course, I must say salute to the guys that host that party, which is um, Marcos Rivera and Wally Castro. They are quite instrumental in uh, hosting that event. Shout out to Wally and the crew. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. I remember as soon as we left the party last year, all I could think about was, I can't wait for next year. (laughs) Hey, I mean, like that is an event that I look forward to. Although I, although that is the part, event that maybe I worked the hardest for for the whole year, I still mm-hmm. look forward to it every year faithfully. Hopefully, uh, let's see what happens in the future. I'm I'm not going to say it might happen again because based on the circumstances and and COVID and the whole situation, that is kind of iffy right now. Mm-hmm. So the world is actually changed by COVID totally in terms of entertainment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, no- I told people when COVID started, that COVID was going to change the world the same way how 9-11 changed the world in it terms actually, of it actually, and it actually taught it, it, it actually changed it even more than just 9-11. I mean, I've experienced mm-hmm. 
there were restrictions, but COVID is like on a total different level. You know what? Some in- some interesting information I found out recently, like how everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are complaining about having to wear masks and stuff and. Like, people hate wearing masks. I personally don't like wearing masks. I remember the first day I stepped out of the house and I had to wear a mask all day. That triggered my anxiety all day and it sucked. But what I found out is in places like Japan that were affected by the Spanish flu over 100 years ago. Yeah. They, it was a numb. Yeah, they. It was already a numb. Yes. Yeah, they literally always been wearing masks since 100 years ago. It's been, they just used to it. And it's always yeah. been a normal thing that if you're feeling sick, you wear a mask wherever you go. Correct. So life in Japan is pretty much the same before COVID. Same, normal. Yeah, it's, it's normal to them. And they've managed to keep their COVID rates down because everyone wearing a mask. Because they already were wearing a mask either way. Definitely true. And when I found that out, I thought that was amazing. Cause yeah, I, that's so I cool. I had no idea. But what's, what scared me about it, too, is knowing that 100 years from now, we're going to start probably still be wearing a mask, too. <laughs> that going to be our um, I, I think I think that's something that we'll have to definitely, yeah, insert in into our, our lifestyles of mm-hmm. wearing some kind of protective gear in terms of facial and whatever. Yeah, definitely mask would be somewhat of a norm. Mm-hmm. To bring back up the Christmas in July, they have one of my favorite drinks, which you actually introduced me to, and I want to talk about that day too when you introduce it to me, but I'm All talking right. about Gasolina. Big pro, big plug for Gasolina. Shout out to them also. Yeah. If you if you guys have not had Gasolina yet, I would highly recommend it. I'm so sad Caribbean Sellers doesn't sell it anymore because me and Richie were buying them by the cases when Caribbean Sellers had them. Wow. Uh, Maybe I need to take up that as as a distributor. You should. I I tell uh, you, if you don't sell to nobody else, me and Richie will keep you afloat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there are there that. are people that that definitely like the product, and it's something that I've considered. I, I could go on the tape and say I've considered it. So maybe maybe that might be an avenue of creating some revenue in the future. But yes, it, it has been tabled already. Well, the day you do it, let me know. Because I'll have a huge amount of Of course. It will be public. You know that. Yeah. So the, I remember the first day I had it was Poker Run. And you're playing uh-huh. on speedies. And this speedies was actually my... Ride. Yeah. This was my yep. first time actually taking the ferry for Poker Run. And I just did it just because I wanted to hear you play. And of course. we I had a great time with you. It was a lot of fun. And I remember you were, you were sharing out the gasolinas to everybody on board. And yeah. When everybody was like on their first one, I was ready for like my third one, and I kept coming back to <laughs> you for them. And I, by the end of the night, I I could hardly remember anything on that boat. Right? I I, <laughs> I, I could fun. remember that I could remember that vividly. I remember I gave it to you with a one, and I said, "Listen, it goes down nice. You feel good, but look out for the creep up." I mean, like I said, the guys for Gasolina, and I could I could see this now. They were promoting the product and they gave me a few promotional cases to give away during the Speedy's Poker Run boat ride. They were actually a sponsor for the Poker Run that year also. So I was doing the honors of introducing a few people to the product. I know, no, And so far, based on the reviews that I got, no one had a bad response in terms of the product. Everybody loves it and... Definitely. Look, they, they're looking forward to getting more. I, they, like you said, the same question that you just asked was like, where is it available and how could I be able to purchase it by book? I'm saying, I'm saying, because first of all, it's like, for the people who don't know, it's like an adult Capri Sun. Yeah, party it in a pouch. It tastes like juice. Yeah, it tastes like juice, but the alcohol percentage is much, is much higher than your average bear. Because I think Not the average bear is like 5%. It's a, it's a sangria. When, yeah, gasolina is like 13%. But it tastes so good. Of course. Especially so and, chilled. And they come in 
different flavors and stuff. I, like of they have course. like four, four or five flavors. Actually, right? they're up to about six flavors right now. See, I saw behind because Caribbean sellers just cut off the whole process. Please refrain. <laughs> Please refrain from Caribbean sellers. I don't want you to be knocking them. Those are my friends no, I, also. I, I, I very much love Caribbean. <laughs> no, listen, I messaged a girl today self to tell her to send me their list because I um I'm still trying seeing as how the BVI is planning to reopen up December first. Uh-huh. I am trying to still plan out to have my juve hopefully for Lapsa Fest. Okay. And but, Caribbean sellers, if you're listening, I just want you to know I want you to be a sponsor. <laughs> so sponsor the Juve if it's allowed. Uh-huh. And that's why that's why I was asking the girl for the the list the, today so too. Because I wanted to see what all yeah, the drugs list so I could in see. In terms of products, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So but yeah, trust seem- me, like Caribbean sellers know I love them. Of course. There's that's a why lot I can talk about them this way, because I'm mad that they get rid of one of my favorite drinks. <laughs> uh understandable. So, any other questions as we go on? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the day I met you. I don't remember exactly when I met you, but I know I met you. I met paid for fuss, I believe. And then I met you afterwards through Richie. So uh, I believe I met you before now, but you wouldn't remember now. Probably. It's possible. You were a kid then. Yeah. You were you a kid then. But it's yeah. very possible. <laughs> But since I've met you, we've become really good friends and it's a fun time every time we link up. Like, for example, Definitely. the last time you were over here was um, we did the Father's Day Jam at um, Definitely. Wonky yeah. Dog. That, that, was, that was a great experience, of course. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Great. That, that was like, that was like a, it, wasn't, it wasn't packed, but the experience was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that lingers for a lifetime. That, that, that's, that's basically... What I sell my entertainment as is not just entertainment, but we create memories, lifetime memories mm-hmm. in terms of what we do. Yep. So I want to get in because I know you basically trained Richie. I trained a few people, but yes, yeah. I did. So I want to know what it was like meeting young Richie <laughs> at that time because that was probably like when he was going to college, right? I would assume. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, so what was it like meeting young Richie? Like, what? how is he different from then to now? And what was it like training him? Rich, Richie have not really changed much in terms of person and personality. Mm-hmm. And the reason that Richie was actually chosen to be taught uh, among the team of guys that I was teaching at that time is because, one, he's a humble guy. Yes, he is. And he's open. He's open to learning. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason. That's the Richie I met, and he's still that Richie to this day. Mm-hmm. But that that is basically the most one of the most appealing things about Richie. Like I said, he's open to knowledge, and he how should I say he has a passion for music also. Yeah, he does. The, yeah. All day, that's all he does. He just, even when he ain't have nothing to do, all now still he's not even playing events. But when we at work, yeah. he on his laptop well, and he organizing his music that, for us, getting that, put that's, his sets That's the work stuff. of a DJ that, that no one sees. Mm-hmm. If people just see you go out and it looks that easy that you just playing, bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. But the hard work of preparing in terms of getting your music, your content, putting in cue points, selecting songs and maybe creating crates, um, arranging the levels and even mastering the music if the quality isn't too standard to you mm-hmm. is part of the hard work that happens behind the scenes. So when you go out basically as a DJ, you just deliver, but there's a lot more that happens behind in terms of prep, practice, and, and like as any DJ or uh, any DJ that have been taught by me, they'll tell you one of the things I always emphasize is being humble. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like the guys that I that influenced me and taught me quite a few, um, and I'll use one name in reference, Ice Kid. Okay. That guy was a, was a real humble, that was still is. When, in terms of when it comes to playing events, 
Mm-hmm. Ice Kid is so humble. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't know that Ice Kid could do what he can do until he does it. You just see him and say, "Who? He look like much." <laughs> you know what's one thing I I respect DJs for that I didn't really know about until like hanging out with Richie and helping him out and then hanging out with you guys and seeing the behind the scenes stuff is the amount of work it takes when you setting up for the event in terms of like the speakers and tents and the equipment mm-hmm. and then when the party is done you have to pack it all up again uh-huh so, so should i go into details with in in terms of that and yeah, explain sure, that's in in terms of doing that you see what you just went to i mean playing the music is just one part of delivering the service but there's so much in terms that quantifies the rate and prices that you charge what you're providing where are you taking them to and what is required of you when you reach to the event and that actually is what i teach like people that are within my camp that when it comes to pricing if somebody calls you for an event i mean there's a standard rate but in terms of what you're providing kind of quantifies and determines what you should charge so mm-hmm. people that ask me so um why your price so high when they don't see the part that when you got lift up them speakers sometimes you got to tote them upstairs and then when you don't yep. jump up and party with them and they all gone home to rest you got to take them and pack them up put them back and in the sometimes that vehicle might be that like you 6 o'clock in the morning 4 o'clock in the exactly. morning exactly and and then you got to pack them away if you're not storing them in the vehicle that you put them in and then you go back to your regular life where you still have to function on your daily basis yep so yes it it, it takes it takes I mean, I'm not trying to make DJs look any more than anybody else, but it takes a degree of dedication and a lot of energy Definitely. to fulfill to fulfill the the service of a DJ. Yeah, it's it's a lot more than cuz some people might just see it as just pressing a button to play music and it's most people most pe- most people more. think it's just pressing a button. And when it comes to that, I mean, I it might sound rude, but I've told people before, well then get an iPad facts <laughs> and then on top of that to add on it's not even just the amount of work either it's like how much the equipment costs because speakers of course speakers of cost course. some money you have to buy your um your equipment like your laptop it's your... already an investment from the start that you're in the hole from before you even take the job you already invest in terms of product like equipment you maybe if uh, uh, i would i would you say basic setup will be a basic about i'll say about 5 6000 after that your laptop speakers controller players or whatever you choose to use and then you got to look at, into your, in terms of your content i mean some people download from anywhere for me i pay for pools so when somebody calls and say okay i want you to play for 4 hours calculate the amount of songs that plays within that time for that four hours and realize to yourself if i had to pay 99 cents for each song i play how much money have i already spent that's crazy and i never even thought about it that way cuz a song is like 3 minutes and you and, playing exactly. for four hours and then cents and, and everybody <laughs> expects you to deliver whatever they require or in terms of hits for that given time very true that's crazy that's the the amount of work thought effort energy that's crazy so 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 you just you just got the breakdown of being a dj so that's why i i will tell anybody if you're not serious don't just jump into it because it takes like i say it takes a, a sense of dedication and a lot of commitment and it's like an addiction it's like an addiction cuz I would I would say in terms of I started on vinyls. And if I had a dollar for each vinyl I owned in my lifetime, I would be a millionaire. That's crazy. Yeah. I just trying to picture the amount of vinyls. That's a lot. The, listen, 
I and 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 sad to say I have lost my vinyl collection in Oma. I think that's the one thing that actually made me cry. You ever say a big man cry? <laughs> yeah, I I I'm not ashamed to say it. I cried like a baby to lose my record collection because I had some priceless vinyls and some I some collectors items that were in mint condition, namely like the Beatles albums. I had the Bob Marley collections, every Bob Marley down to the dub albums. I had them. I had some unreleased 45s of Peter Tosh and a few others which were collectors items. All gone. Thanks so much. Tears are real. <laughs> yeah. It it still depresses me to go to my house and see the room being empty. I could imagine. I could imagine. That's crazy. But, okay. Recent, well, not, not recently, no, but a while ago, you had a seminar for DJs and you had some celebrity guests and you actually yes. got into a play dubwar with them. And I remember, yeah, it was a fun, fun, oh, fun thing. But I remember witnessing it and i was like i would have never in my life imagined i'd have been in this room with all these specific people with my friends because uh-huh. i knew basically everybody there and watching this watching you live in person with dry dub for dub dub, dub for dub <laughs> yeah. with yeah. barry hype and um and scratch, scratch master, master and king bubba like my mind was yeah. blown. Yeah, that, w- that was a great that was a great experience. I mean, Scratch, Barry, and I have been friends for years, and in terms of content and doublet, I must say, I'm in no class with them. But I think you held. Your I own. have enough to defend. I'm just gonna say I have enough to defend my own, <laughs> and maybe a few that I didn't even pull based on the circumstances, but it was great. It was a great experience. Like, like I said, we had fun. It was, it, that, that seminar was worth more than what was given. Or, or I should say in terms of cars, we had it designated for what, two hours? Mm-hmm. And we stayed about four? Yeah, we stayed very I think long. that you, you, you were the videographer, so yeah. you, the, content sta- the content is in your hands, and I know that you have seen... Like the in terms of information that was given, mm-hmm. was priceless in my opinion. Yeah, like for example, if if you were allowed to sell it, which I know you're not, but if you were allowed to sell this content, the amount you could charge for this information, man, this that like literally all information that was shared could put people. And not just DJs, but anybody in the entertainment industry and a whole musicians, yeah, yeah, miles ahead, miles ahead. I mean, even me, I I don't do anything specific with music, but like a lot of stuff, what they said, I can apply that to like my videography. What you're and into, all that stuff, like of course. The amount of information, was of course, crazy good. Uh, and like I said, that panel was carefully picked, and I must say. Thank you for the crew. For thank you for them for coming through in town, and even to Bonita, because I mean, listen, Bonita have been at my side for over, I would say, over twelve to fourteen years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been with Sniper Squad from the days of Lord Gang DJs, which some people can relate to, but you can Google it, you can go up, research it, and Bonita have been instrumental in terms of. Music in terms of worldwide hip hop, especially hip hop R and B, she have been r- real instrumental in terms for artists such as maybe like Dre, Snoop, Eminem. I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many artists that Sniper Squad has been behind their career and have made them what they are today. But like I said, some people don't know. Yeah, and that's okay that they don't know. It's fine. <laughs> the point is, though, like the body of work speaks for itself, I guess. Of course, of mm-hmm. course, it does. 
And it, like I said, it was a great experience. I, I, how should I say this? I, I, it's a great idea, but I don't think that I will do it anytime soon again. Yeah. It'll be something <laughs> slightly different. Well, I mean, you have to slightly. Make, make adjustments and stuff for the, for the next of one. Of course. You, it's you learning experiences. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I think, um, I think it pretty much just based on the information they gave alone just made it a success. Of course, it was. It was. It was a success, and and I gotta say, shout out to the guest that was there and was not advertised as a panelist. Shout out to Dwight Rhythm Stream. He is is was was actually a quite instrumental in me dealing with it. Dwight is actually also one of the guys that does the bookings for Uber Suka Cruise for the Virgin Islands people who. I always talk about Uber Cruise. He was on the panel, but not officially, but he still shared some of his experience with the panel. Yeah, actually, me and him, we actually became good friends after that. I got his number, and we text every now and then, and we play video games and stuff, Xbox and Switch and what's not. And he's of a course, really cool he's a great, great guy. Great guy. I'm trying to I get still him communicate to be with a, all of them. I'm trying to get him to be a guest on the podcast also, but... He's he's having like a little cold feet. Like he's not really too much into the interview. He's, he's a guy. Yeah. He's a guy that doesn't talk too very much. much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> if if you're cool with him, yeah. But like in terms of public, mm-hmm. he's that guy that does his work and would rather not be in the spotlight. Yes, it's true. It's very true. Hope hopefully I might be able to convince him. Still, we'll see. Yeah. Well, nothing beats trying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a few more people I would love to get on the podcast eventually will probably be people like um, Scratchmaster and Barry Hype because I feel like they're people that you can just talk to for hours and you can they, just take in are, so much information from them. Definitely. They, those guys are like history books. I mean, there's so much. In terms of Barry, I mean, even before the seminar... There were things about Barry that he revealed that that's something I didn't even know he did. Mm. Like in terms of being the engineer for Third Wall, I didn't know Barry. I know Barry as a studio engineer. I didn't know he was a road engineer. Um, I know he's a A&R for Black Shadow Studios, which produce. I mean, there's so many artists that have passed through Black Shadow, and popular rhythms such as Buzz. I'll use that as um. Maybe one of the biggest rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a few in terms of um, soca rhythms, which they produce. Um, he also was the official DJ for Rupee. So he had the experience of traveling on tour with Rupee, which he did share some of those experiences with everyone that was there. Would you take an opportunity like that like if an artist said i want you to be my dj to go on tour I've, and stuff would I you be willing to do given, something like that i was given the opportunity to do that at one point mm-hmm. and i will say big up to super dupes willie chain bobby chain black chinese i was mm-hmm. offered to play on the song for black chinese at the time i was a father of two young kids mm-hmm. and I personally grew without the presence of a father and didn't want my children to go through the process. So I refused the offer. I mean, we're still good to this day. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can't, let me don't even add maybe because there's, there's, there's certain things that you don't, how should I say? There, there's no balance or there's no replacement for it. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to trade things off. Yeah. Like, I mean, it would have been yeah. a great experience, but nothing sure, beats listen, getting to be there for your children. Definitely. I know you could relate to that, being that you're a new father. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she just made um six months, two days ago, actually. See, there you go. So, and the joy of parenthood, I mean, nothing could replace that. That is very true. There's nothing I wouldn't give up to be with my daughter, for sure. But, I'm actually yeah. kind of sad because this weather put like a little 
pause in our plans because obviously it's like raining and stormy recently and because she was making six months we wanted to do like a little photo shoot for her and the weather uh-huh. just ain't been working in favor at all <laughs> yeah, well hey everything you know what i look at i look at life as everything has its time reason and season mm-hmm. stuff that used to bother me or disappoint me in my past past times i kind of take and just say man listen it happened for a reason, and it's, it's it don't really bother me as much. So, I move Fair on. Enough. As you That's should. That's ba- basic outlook in life. As you should. For any people listening to the podcast that may want to get into the music industry or become a DJ, anything, you have any tips that you would give to brand new people that yeah. want to get into this industry? Yeah. I would say to anybody who are willing, first thing, learn the fundamentals. Do not do it for fame. Because if you're in it for fame and popularity, it won't last. I agree. Be passionate. And like anything... Be serious about what you do so that what you do becomes a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. That's great advice, actually. It's really great advice. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, see, yeah, trying to see if I could think of anything else or if I could let you go now. Um, I think we pretty much covered a good bit of stuff. And we can always have you again on the podcast again in the future. So, of course, I, I I'm always available once 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 it comes to something constructive and positive, and informative. Mm-hmm. And I like I said, my my life, my stories are open book. Mm-hmm. I've not been always this guy that people see as the DJ that comes and rocks your party, but it's who I am today, and I embrace it. Well, from my experiences of seeing you play, you're definitely one of the most talented DJs, if not just in the BVI, in the, the whole Caribbean, probably in the world, might, might actually. I might even go as far to say. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take the BVI. <laughs> um, the world I have seen, I mean, I, I've, I travel, I experience talented, mm-hmm. and... I would say that I can hold my own, but there are DJs that are a lot more talented than me. Some of them I look up to and still look up to. I mean, every day in life is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And if you're, and as a DJ, me personally, I'm not, I'm not too big or too old to say I still learn stuff on a daily basis. It's part of life. In terms of, in terms of DJing, I will let you, I will add this statement that DJing has evolved and so have myself. Mm -hmm. You got to stay in tune and stay up to date with what's happening, what's trending. It's like, it's like, like any given job. You got to invest time and you got to invest to gain knowledge about your market or whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You can't just do it and feel that it won't work. I mean, there are, again, it takes time to grow your brand. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that if they jump in, the top is right there. I could speak. It's 25 years I've been doing this. And the real, how should I say, the, the great part of what I've been doing, I've experienced. I mean, I've had fun times in the past, but I think my best experiences has been within the past 10 years. That's that's nice. I've had some great I've had some great ones, but the 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 peak ones and those that have brought me to how or I should say uh, I could use as a resume in terms of what I do or who I've entertained for, mm-hmm. those have be, those that have those have happened within the past ten years. I got a quick question for you. Go right ahead. Your personal preference, not playing for a club or event or anything. Your uh-huh. top five favorite songs of all time. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, that one gave me chills. 
You put me on the spot with that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> top five favorite songs as a DJ. No particular order. Ah. Uh, Eric B and Rakim, Paid in Full. Nice. Um, Soka. Uh, ah. Soka, Soka. Soka genre. The certain songs appeal to me with certain memories and moments. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of songs, uh, Akon remix of Concession with Vibes Cartel. I think okay. that is my biggest forward I ever got in a dance. I mean, like, that forward day raised my hair. Like, 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 I was like, wow. And I think I was maybe one of the first, if not the first, to play that remix around the Virgin Islands. Nice. Um, Soka. I am going back to Soka. Um, Soka songs. There are a few that are real appealing to me. Um, Diamond Jamban. Oh, one of my favorites. Is a song that is a song that has a lot of value. To me, um, Martino's Marks, Rock and a Hard Place. Oh, another one of my favorites. And in terms of R&B and uh, hip-hop or smooth R&B, I would say Desiree, You Gotta Be. That is an inspirational song that always stuck in my mind. Sounds like an all-star list to me. You, hit, you name some heavy hitters for sure. Yeah. Um uh, like I say, um music like the in terms of favorites, I I mean how how should I say? It? There's a song for every moment in life, so I can't really mm-hmm. put a finger but those songs have stuck in my heart for certain reasons. Understandable. Seeing as you've been in this industry for such a while now and pretty much as you said before, everything evolves and changes. So obviously music has definitely changed from when you were starting to now. Definitely. Do you have a favorite era in music? Like at this specific time, like maybe 90s. like over a span of the Ni- 90s? 90s music. 90s music to me were, were priceless in terms of content. I mean, 80s had its time, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, but mm-hmm. 90s music, the era of Eminem, Ludacris, um, in terms of dancehall rhythms, Fate, Up Close and Personal, Showtime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on and on. But those selective years in terms of 90s, I think were more appealing to me. I actually agree with you. Like, just... Like, people just didn't sing for singing sake or just to make a hit. Like, the music actually contained good content. You, Definitely. you would learn, learn De- stuff from listening to music. Definitely. All right. Uh, well, I think that pretty much... It. I think that's good for, for now. Uh, thank you again for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And thank you, Bunchi, for having me as a guest on your podcast. And I always wish you success in your endeavors. Dude, you're a great guy. Continue what you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hope to have you back soon. All right. If you've made it this far, I know you enjoyed this podcast. What did I tell you in the beginning? Full of knowledge, so informational. And trust me, I'll have him back as a guest again because there's so many more things that I can talk to this man about. He has a wide range of knowledge, and not just on music, but on life in general. And I find it so interesting talking to people like that. And I know COVID has affected him a lot, same as it's affected me, probably more him than me, because he is a full-time DJ, and there's basically almost little to no events. So, Brother Wiz, I wish you nothing but the best, and I wish you success. And of course, times are hard now. But you're a hardworking man. You're a smart man. I know you'll figure it out. And you know we together on this. For sure. Always. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. To all the listeners out here, thank you for listening this far. I wish you guys all nothing but the best.
And be safe. Wear your mask. Drink lots of water. But make sure, wear your mask.